What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel, and welcome to another Empowered Love radio show. And this was the second ever questions and answer show. Uh, it was really popular last time, and I think it's really, really good because you know it gives you the resource if you have a look at these shows that are going to be appearing in archives to actually access and listen to them and find some answers to you know some of the most serious questions that we all can be facing. So the way I'm going to do that this week is it's they're going to be generic questions. So I'm not going to actually read out specific emails because these are just a compilation of questions that I've received within the last month that are very, very common questions and that I just feel and resonate with that you know the answers would be really, really great to give today. So we're going to get started with this. And the first one that I receive very, very often, I have talked about it on a radio show before, but I think it's well worth addressing again, is the trauma and the devastation that people can go through when they're co-parenting with a narcissist uh, and their children are suffering narcissistic abuse or they're under the parenting of a narcissist. I also get a lot of grandmothers um, email me, what can I do about my grandchildren? You know, And often these children are still in a relationship with mum and dad or mum and dad who's with the narcissist hasn't broken away, hasn't empowered themselves yet. But the person on the outside, the family member that cares very, very much for the unit, for the, for the mother or the father and the kids, can see the damage that is happening. And, you know, of course we know that children are powerless and there's only so much we can do. Narcissistic abuse is very, very tricky because often it's very covert it may not be the things that you can actually pin through a legal court such as abuse or pedophile or, or things that you know you may be able to really get the children away from the narcissist. Often narcissists seem to be functioning in the world, they seem to be having their act together and the abuse that they're doing is about manipulation and it's about emotional abuse. And that's really, really hard to get to find and get your kids away from. So this is a very, very common problem that people are going through. And 
I know, I know so much and I know that this really runs with any narcissistic situation that you're dealing with that when you're stuck in the horror of it, when you're charging on the abuse, the what's happening and you're feeding that and giving that energy, it, it is a psychic phenomena. It is almost like the narcissist is literally getting fed your energy and they're actually going to keep doing what they're doing and they're going to keep getting away with it. And there's so much injustice in narcissistic abuse because it seems like the narcissist keeps getting away with it. So in as far as parenting your own children, if you've got if you're out of the relationship or even if you're still in it and you've got time with your kids alone, it's very, very important that you can actually be as stable and as well as you can get your focus off the narcissist and really, really instill in your children the values of what love and healthy boundaries are and how to feel good and how to feel good about themselves and how to have confidence and how to trust their instincts. How to trust their in Kids are very wise. They're incredibly wise little beings. And we can... I'm amazed with my son. The things that I used to tell him when he was really little that I brought him up with about empowerment and spirituality and he's been through a very rocky road with my narcissistic marriage, absolutely. You know, but the fundamentals that that child took on and embodied in his life were the things that I gave him, were the values that I gave him. So it's, it's really... What you don't want to do is to be putting the narcissist down, instilling more fear, instilling more pain, being more of that. You don't want to be doing that with your kids. You really want to be that safe, stable, sane parent that, of course, you're human and you've got problems and you might cry in front of them and you might break down in front of them, but you want to be as real and as honest and as solid as you can with them. Because one thing is for certain, and this always happens, that if you work on healing you and you maintain your vibration, that the truth works out in the end. And I see it happen even in the most hopeless of cases where you would never believe that that could come through for you. And it certainly, certainly can and it certainly does. The other thing that you can do, and I learned this from Esther and Jerry Hicks, Law of Attraction, um, Law of Attraction and the Abraham works. And I'll never forget this when I first saw it. And it was at a time where my son was in recovery, I was in recovery, and he was very much going down the wrong track. He was lost, he was depressed, he was abusing alcohol, he was abusing drugs. He was in a horrific state. And being the normal parent, I was trying to fix it. I was trying to I was trying to snap him out of it. I was trying to do all sorts of things. And everything that I tried to do was not working with him. And I'll never forget, I had this series of DVDs that somebody had given me from Abraham. And I put them on. And one of them was a speaker that got up that talked about her distress with her child and how powerless she felt and how it was breaking her heart. And, and then what Esther Hicks did was she channeled through Abraham's works and means on this. And what that was about is vibration, which is so much what I believe in. And it was about vibration that 
your child comes out of your womb, especially for a mother, but fathers can also have a powerful influence as well. And what happens with that is that if we are vibrating at a level of seeing our children as lost and broken and damaged and helpless and hopeless, that's actually what we manifest. We manifest more of that reality in our experience. So in effect, what we're actually doing is we're holding our child in that vibration. We're contributing to it. We're making it worse for them. When I watch this and the, the wealth of information that channeled through and the wisdom in it, it resonated so deeply with me. It was just a huge turning point for me. And what I did after that is I would get my journal out every night and I would write about how I wanted to see my son as if it had already happened, that he'd found his inner wisdom. And every one of our children has it, that he'd found himself, that he was breaking through, that he was healing, that he was all the things I wanted to see about him. I would write about them in detail until I could actually work myself into the feeling of it. Every time I had contact with him, I didn't see a broken, depressed, drug, alcohol, abused kid. I started to see and feel the wisdom in him, the healing in him. I promise you, it only took two weeks of doing that. And my son completely shifted away from where he was into where he was going. And has never looked back. So I cannot stress that enough. I know how hard it is for women that they may even have 50% access with a narcissist or it may be weekend access or whatever it is. But while your children are with him, what you would be normally humanly vibrating at is, is the stress, the fear, the worry about what they're going through, how he's not caring for them, how he's emotionally abusing them, all of those sorts of things. And what you need to do is shift your vibration into my child has his or her inner wisdom. He or she is safe. He or she is finding their way, healing this, and they are rising up into a being that can be healed and empowered through this. The things that can happen if you work at that are astounding, absolutely astounding. Of course, work your boundaries with the narcissist, and if you've got an angle to work your boundaries to protect your children, by all means, go for it. But don't go for it when you're in pain, distress, anguish, fear, torment, disbelief, injustice. Because if you go for it when you're in those vibrations, that's exactly what you're going to receive more of. You're not going to get your breakthroughs. It's a simple, energetic law of the universe. So that's why I say to every parent that's dealing with this, First and foremost, so you can be a healthy vibration for your children and see your children as a healthy vibration, you've got to heal your own vibration. You owe it to yourself, you owe it to your kids. You owe it to your kids' kids and future generations to stop this destructive pattern of narcissism codependency. You have to do it. So my hugest suggestion to you is to get onto the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Program. Do the work on it. Start feeling better within yourself and more empowered and then you're going to be a more empowered vibration for your kids. So when people email me with that question, that's exactly the answer I give them. And people may think it's airy-fairy and it's ethereal and it's not solid and it's not real. 
it is the realest, most solid way you can approach anything is through the power of your vibration because that's exactly what you get in the world and in your experience. So that's that one. The second one that I wanted to move on to is lately I've had a lot of my empowered dating girls. I had a lot of girls looking for new relationships and really wanting to sort of really clarify what my main deal is about what I believe are fundaments for somebody to be healthy with. Now, the thing is, this is a part of choosing a partner, but it's also about navigating and taking it slow with a partner to observe whether or not these persons have got the fundaments. Now, what I'm talking about is not just an average relationship or a painful relationship. I'm talking about an evolved spiritual relationship. I'm talking about the ultimate relationship where you can have trust, connection and feel safe. And if that's what you're gunning for, if that's what you want, if you've got enough deservedness to know that you, you deserve that, well then these need to be your criteria. And the criteria really is, is that you need somebody that has humility. We all know men can do ego and they can be an ego and they can be in reaction and they can be men. We all know that. But the person that you want to choose, now if you're a man listening to this and you're wanting to choose a woman, you need somebody that's going to take responsibility for their life. You need somebody that is going to have enough humility to own their past, own their past mistakes, absolutely be accountable for it, take responsibility for it, be able to do the work on themselves and want to be a better person so that they can be a better partner. And, you know, when you're actually living and walking the path with this person, you'll get to see life throws up curveballs. There is going to be moments of some conflict or some angst or some things that are going on. Now, if you're taking personal responsibility and you know you're not being insecure and demanding or outrageous in your needs, you're just wanting healthy needs, you know, you're going to be able to observe if somebody is able to speak up about their needs in a way without projecting and blaming, and whether or not they're going to have enough humility to be real, to be accountable, to be sorry. And, you know, and, and really if you go to the narcissistic traits, you know, you're going to be able to see that the things that happen there, whether somebody's MP, NPD or whether they're stuck in ego, which means that they're acting narcissistically, and everybody can do it, you're going to see that there are some things that are very, very high on the list, which are humility. There are things about being accountable. There are things about not taking umbrage at perceived criticism. You know, all of those things are people that don't have humility. Humility is another word for being real. And if you want a real relationship, you need somebody that's going to be real. So really, it's more of a gentleness, it's more of a purity of heart. And what if women could use, used to attract it to people, which is sort of like that cocky, confident, um, slash arrogant Dance, which can be sexy, it can be appealing, it can be all of those things. But after initial attraction is gone and you're settling down into a relationship that you want to become healthy, 
if this person is stuck in ego, how they look, you know, how they appear, what people think about them, you know, they're not going to have enough humility to come home to being comfortable with their faults, to owning their faults and taking responsibility for them. And that's not going to work for you. That's not going to work for a healthy relationship, you know. So those are the sorts of things that I think are very, very high on the list. And unfortunately, you know, for women, if they haven't healed enough, if they're going out and meeting guys, and they meet just this really, you know, nice, calm guy that's just, you know, in his heart space and just real, you know, they may think there's not enough of a hit in that for me. There's not enough attraction in that for me. There's not enough daring or excitement or all of those things. But you know what? When you're actually running at those programs and you haven't yet learnt mindfully what's necessary to be in a relationship where you can work through stuff productively, where you can rise up to another level of connection and trust rather than going back over the same ground, same ground, same ground, same ground and getting nowhere and getting hurt is because you've chosen somebody that doesn't have the resources or you haven't yet come to your own inner sense of security for you to have the resources. Now you can only take responsibility for you. You can't actually change or fix or take responsibility for somebody else. So that's why it's really important to choose mindfully if you're starting a new relationship or looking at starting a new relationship. So rather than the qualities of stand out, confident, sexy, the qualities you need to be looking for are serene, humble, gentle, real. And when you really get to understand relationships and yourself and when you understand the differences, you actually know that a cocky, arrogant man in his ego is actually not powerful. It's not male stability. It's not male integrity. It's, you know, actually a front for insecurities. And, you know, I have to be right rather than happy is not male great qualities. It's not. It's false. So if you want a man in integrity, a man in integrity is somebody who can be sorry, who can be accountable, who doesn't make excuses, who doesn't justify, who actually has conscience and empathy. So seek out those type of people and steer clear of the cocky I am's because the cocky I am's are not in that space. They're really not. So... I hope that helps with that one, those people that have been, you know, emailing me and the empowered daters that have been. And, of course, the thing is true, you know, if you're empowered dating and you're wanting to date and you really want to get it right, I can't recommend my empowered dating e-course enough, you know. And, yeah, it is a plug, but the resources in there have led so many people to great relationships. So it works, it really, and it covers all of this sort of stuff plus so much more. Okay, this is one that I've, re I've received actually from a couple of people and it's a question about depression and it's a question about people that feel that they have clinical depression and it's like, you know, I struggle to feel happy and I want to feel happy every day but it's such hard work and 
I find myself tearful and I find myself breaking down and every day just feels so hard. And really that's a description of depression. My take on depression is, my take on depression has been for a long time and I've had it horrifically too in the past, is that the further we are away and we're operating from true self-function, the more depressed we are, the more it hurts. And what happens is, is we've actually acquired belief systems and things about our life and ourselves that don't feel good. They don't feel good. They're the stories we've been running. That's the pain that we've been carrying. That's the stuff that's not actually aligned with who we are. Because at true self level, all of us feel bliss, we feel happiness, we feel joy, we feel connection to life and all that is. We feel incredible connection to ourselves. And every day is a gift of gratitude when we're at true self-function. And that's a very, very opposite of depression. I believe that's who we are. I believe that if we were to think that we're a shiny penny and under, over the top of it is all this dross and all this algae and muck that's accumulated, that when we get rid of all of that, we naturally default to true self-level because there's actually no other natural place to be. It's our natural state. And for those of you that are listening that think, well, I've never felt that and I can't even imagine that and I don't even know if that could exist for me, that just means you've got a lot of dross that's covering up your penny and it's not shining. So what do we do? How do we make peace with that? How do we, how do we change that? The problem is with a lot of depression is that Often there's like strategies which are only about managing it. So it's like get more exercise, eat healthier, get enough sleep, take up a hobby, um, and of course medication. So, but really what that's doing, it's trying to manage and pull out of that dross to feel better, but it's actually not cleaning away the dross. So depression and I've seen it happen so many times, people with clinical diagnosed depression that actually start working on themselves with vibrational shift work like quantum freedom healing um, or doing the narcissistic abuse recovery program which has quantum freedom healing in it or going to great kinesiologists that actually know how to shift inner programs which as I said are all those false beliefs, all those fearful, painful beliefs that we've accepted and taken on as real in our, we've embraced them, we've embodied them, we've become them. And then what happens is we are living in an unnatural state away from our natural state at true self level. Now, normal uh, standard treatment doesn't look at it that way. It actually looks like, well, you're damaged and you're going to have to find yourself and fix yourself and heal yourself. Okay, I don't look at it like that. I actually look at it as you already are perfect. You've just got stuff you need to clean off so that you can know that. You already are what you seek. You've just got rubbish in the way. So this is why, and I say it many times, I don't like standard processes. I don't like the results. I don't like the fact that people that can go to therapy for years and years and years or support groups for years and years and years and the best they're getting is management of their symptoms. I don't like it. 
because I don't believe it's addressing it at the real level. And what I do believe is the real level is to actually get down, 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 down into those belief systems that are stuck cellularly in the body and the body reflects what's going on in the unconscious brain and actually release it and release it. And once you release it and it's aligned back to true self, natural flowing state, well then there's nothing to manage. There's nothing to manage. Now in regard to depression, there could be three or four beliefs that are actually holding somebody in a chronic state of depression. I had a girl once, a young girl and her mother bought me to Quantum Freedom Healing and there were three major issues in her life that were false belief systems that were wedged deep in her unconscious that were actually creating her as a crippled, depressed, suicidal teenager. Once those three things were released, she became a normal, active, healthy, life-loving, embracing teenager. And I mean that literally. So it could be three beliefs, it could be 30 beliefs. Usually the older we are, the more stuff we've got. That's just the truth of it. Kids are easier to heal than older people. But the, the, the whole premise of it is exactly the same. The more you hurt, the more you feel disconnected from joy. The more you feel stuck in pain is because you're not operating in true self-function. You've got a whole heap of junk that's blocking you being there. Once that gets unblocked and released, you come back home. You come back home to your natural state because, as I said before, there's actually nowhere else for you to go. But, of course, it takes a willingness. It takes often, and for adults, I try every other process. They might do a whole heap of medication. They might do strategies. They might do diets. They might do all sorts of things. But if you're honest with yourself, you know you're just trying to manage symptoms. Why? Why is it there? Why is it going on? Why are you like that? Because it's not your natural life force, life-affirming place to be. It's not nature. It's not natural. So once you work that out, you can work with that. So, you know, if there's anybody out there with depression that wants to ask me some more questions about it, as I said, I suffered it horrifically for years and went through it to suicidal levels before I unblocked myself and came back to who I am. Email me, you know, talk to me about it and, and also ask for my recommendations on it if you wish to have that. Okay, so... The last question that I have today is why do people defend and project? Why can we... This is a narcissistic trait, not necessarily meaning somebody's NPD, but definitely if it's going on at a high level and it's the normal state of affairs, you're looking at a narcissist. Defend and project. What that means is this person is not wrong, can't be wrong and can't be accountable. Now, the reason is that it's wounds, it's defense. This person is in, and this is not about, it's about recognition and it's about understanding. It's not about feeling sorry for them and trying to fix it because seriously, only they can take responsibility and fix it. And usually when they've had enough in their life and enough things have gone wrong and they keep struggling with the same problems, you know, if they're not NPD, 
they'll put themselves in therapy and they might stay there because they've had enough of it. But what happens is, this is what I call, you know, um, how to lose it all to lose it all. This is, you know, people that want love, they want connection and they want trust because that's what everybody does unless you are NPD. And what they want is to actually create that in their life but yet how they behave and how they react is actually creating the very opposite of that. Now, if you're honest, you may recognize this in yourself. You know, we can all do it. I can slip into that place if I'm behaving unconsciously. And you know that when you do, it doesn't get you anywhere. It absolutely doesn't get you anywhere. Your needs aren't met, people's needs in your life aren't met, more hostility, more distrust, more distance is created as a result of defense and projection. Defense and projection, again going back to the first question about what we'll, should we be looking out for traits for people that we want to create relationships with, defense and projection is the opposite of humility. Defense and projection is a little bit like the five-year-old that gets caught with her hand in the cookie jar and goes, it wasn't me, she did it. Okay, defense and projection is a horrific fear of being vulnerable, being wrong, and being punished for it. And so what happened, and often this is a childhood wound. This is something that could have been created um, from abusive parents, physically violent parents, um, very critical parents, you know, that sort of stuff and of course it can be deep wounds that have been carried from lifetime to lifetime that have actually never been resolved that are really deep and powerful at a serious level. So what will happen is this person as soon as they feel affronted or as soon as they feel like um, something could be their fault or there's any guilt or anything wrong, they will go into defend and project. Now, the really hard thing to do with that is if you're a codependent, and most women are, women are very, very susceptible to accepting the blame. Very, very susceptible to the fear of abandonment and I will do anything to save abandonment. I will do anything to keep you in my life. So if you're with somebody that is doing defend and project, very, very quickly, it's going to be your fault. It's going to be your fault. It's something you did, something you didn't do. They did that because you did that. There's going to be stuff brought up in the past about you. There's going to be all sorts of excuses and justifications and examples where that person is not being accountable and giving you safety. And the tendency could be with you that you're going to drop into a place of... I need to take responsibility, I'm going to have to enable this, I'm going to have to go along with this, be sorry, explain myself over 20,000 times or actually accept the blame because I don't want to lose this person. And that's a horrible place to be in and as women, most of us have been there. You may still be there but it's not serving you and ultimately it is not serving the person that is stuck in their defend and project um, ways. Now, if they're NPD, there's going to be malicious maiming, there's going to be lies, twisting and turning, discrediting, all the things that narcissists do. 
if you're dealing with that, forget it. Forget it. This is not about you trying to evolve in this relationship or trying to create boundaries so the other person can evolve. None of that is ever going to happen. All you're going to get is more destruction, more ripping down, and eventually you're a corpse that's going to be thrown in the gutter. And then the narcissist moves on and does it again. Now, that's your reality, and that's what you need to understand. But if you are dealing with somebody with unhealed wounds that is in projection and defend, you know they can be a good person, you know they have empathy, you know they follow through on their word, you know that you're not being lied to, manipulated, twisted and turned, you know, on a regular basis, you know that they are unhealed and they are wounded children who are not yet evolved enough to be an adult. So how do you deal with that? How you deal with that is the first thing is you stop taking responsibility for it. You stop having your heart on the line trying to make amends, fix or give up ground so this person isn't going to leave you. You don't do that. What you actually do is you come back to the truth about yourself that you want to live as your life and as your alignment, which is I am truth, I am honesty, I am humility, I'm remorse, I am real. And you need to be that. You need to be that. If that's what you want to live in your life, you need to be that as an example, as a vibrational creator to yourself. And if you're not receiving that from the outside, well, then you need to create a boundary to that. And the boundary firmly is, is that you don't hook in, that it's not your stuff, and that you refuse to be held accountable for it. Okay? Now, if this person wants to leave you for that because you won't be their scapegoat, let them go. Let them go. And if they're not going to be responsible and real and own stuff on it, okay, let them go. Let them go until they do. Okay? The interesting thing about projection and defense, like all egoic things, it's not solid, it doesn't hold, and it doesn't stand the test of time. Reality, truth, humility does. When you're in those spaces, what you are being in the world is real. The vibration of life supports it. It feels good. It feels solid. And you don't have to keep thinking about it, suffer remorse or regret or pain over it. It just is. It's solid. It's real. It's aligned. It's true self. If you're operating out of that space, you're going to be in torment. So whoever's in that, while you are actually accepting blame and not whole, allowing them to be in their own vibration by trying to fix it, change it, um, take responsibility for it, you let that person get away with that vibration that's not true self and they can live with it because they can hook up with you and keep playing it out. When you no longer play the game and when you go, that's yours, I'm not playing and it doesn't matter, you know, how you try to hook me into it or how scared I get about you leaving me or whatever else, you create a solid boundary. And if you can hold that integrity, you're going to be in your solidness. That person's going to walk away wanting to project it, wanting to blame, wanting to defend, and they're going to have nothing to hook into you on it about. So what they're either going to have to do is go and get another source of supply to do that with, and a narcissist usually will, or they're going to 
if they are a genuine person, they're going to have to sit in their own muck. And when they sit in their own muck and you will no longer be the punching bag for it, well then that person is going to have to take some sort of responsibility. And look, the great thing is, is that when people do take responsibility, and I work with so many clients all the time that take responsibility. I actually only work with people that take responsibility. I really do. And the ones that don't take responsibility, I don't work with because they're wasting my time, they're wasting their time, and it's just not, it's just not going to work. Why would I do it? But the people that do take responsibility, what is really, really beautiful about that in their life is that when they take responsibility for their childhood wounds, for their fears of being vulnerable, for their fears of being attacked, for their fears of being wrong, for their fears of all of that sort of stuff, what happens in their life is when they take responsibility, they start actually communicating in a different way with the people around them. They can actually learn to say things like, I just had a trigger, I know this is my stuff, I know this is my old wound. And then what happens is a loving partner in their life will actually step in and discuss it with them and be supportive with them and encourage them rather than assuming and making up stories that, that they can actually ask questions and that they can be supported and loved and that they can grow together and they can heal together. So that's one of the most beautiful things about getting out of defences and projections. In my 20s, I was in it horrifically, totally. When I was an alcoholic, I was defending and projecting everything in my life. I was never wrong. It was everybody else's fault. And it felt to me that if I was sorry, that I would be annihilated. Somebody would stamp over me and rip me to shreds if I admitted I was sorry. Because to me, if I admitted I was sorry, I was going to be no good. I was going to be worthless. I was wrong. I was a failure. I was all those sorts of things. Now, fortunately, fortunately, throughout my journey and when I recovered from alcoholism and when I took responsibility and when I had a few, and I've had a few near-death experiences, Absolutely, my journey's been very powerful and very rich. You know, I realised, I've got it. I, I realised the power of taking responsibility and stopping defending and projecting. I realised the power of sorry. I realised the power of being accountable. And the most beautiful thing about it, truly, and this might sound self-absorbed, not only do I know that it gives people in my environment safety, it gives them certainty. It gives them the ability to connect and trust me, which is fantastic. But you know what it does? It removes guilt. It removes shame. It sets you free. And it sets you free as soon as you do it. You don't feel lessened by it. You feel empowered by it. And that is the most beautiful thing about why it gets easier to say sorry. I'm sorry, we've got a lot of noise in here. I'm actually in a studio in lovely Dalesford and there's phones and things all around me while I'm doing this show. So I do apologise. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, have a look at Defend and Project. Absolutely have a look at that. I think, it, like, you know, defence mechanisms are very, very important to understand. Realise your part in it too. I mean, if you're a woman who is critical and always putting her partner down and 
you know, always nitpicking what they call the nagging wife, well, you're going to throw a man in to defend and protect. Absolutely. Because as soon as a man feels criticised, that can be a very, very normal reaction. So you really need to say, how much am I contributing to this? Is this actually me creating this? You know, is he feeling really untrusted and undeserving by the way I'm treating him? Or if you know that you are being a healthy individual and you know that you are emotionally supportive to the relationship and you appreciate your partner and you know you communicate in that way and it's happening on sticky moments and incidences that just don't feel healthy, just don't feel right and you're either getting covert or overt excuses and justifications you know, dragging up the past is a really good one to look at. Blaming somebody else is a really good way to look at. I'm like this because you do this, you know. There's, there's lots and lots of things that you can look at in regard to scapegoating that people can play out when they're doing defend and project. And have a look at yourself about that. You know, have a look at understanding what, if you're doing it, what are my unhealed wounds that are actually creating me to be like this? Why am I pushing people away from me? Why am I creating distrust in my important relationships? Why don't people trust me? Why don't they want to connect to me? Okay, because you might be pushing them away. I remember once that, I, I, it was like an analogy and I really can't remember it properly but I'll try and do it the best way I can. It's like if you have a clean screen for all to see, people are not going to try and rip down what's in front of the screen to get to the screen. And what happens is when people project and they defend, what they're doing is picking up, putting up a big barrier, a big screen in front of their screen, their truth. They're trying to hide it, defend it, and, and get away from it. And what happens is it gets attacked from the outside. So it's the people in their lives that are desperately trying to be safe and feel connected and love this person are actually going to be at it and at it and at it and at it. You would have, if you've ever been in a narcissistic relationship, you'll understand this completely and utterly. You will feel obsessively attached to trying to rip down that screen to get to safety, truth, humility. And if you're dealing with an MPD, you're fighting a losing battle. It's actually one of the strategies that narcissists use to hook you is you trying to fix them or get safety reality. It lets you step in the ring where they can keep throwing punches and wounding and maiming and getting pleasure out of that. So you'll know that if it's happening because it's horrific. And... There's no ripping a narcissist screen down. There's no ripping it down. And if you ever do rip it down, you're going to get lined up and you're going to get brutalized for doing it. So it's not even worth winning that battle. But if you yourself or somebody you know is defending and projecting, they're going to attract a whole heap of negative attention to them. People trying to force them to be accountable. Because everybody wants the truth. The truth sets everybody free. And relationships cannot work without truth and reality. 
And the thing is, you're not vulnerable in truth and reality. If you're going to be real and truthful and conduct yourself with spiritual integrity, well, then people in your space are either going to be a match or they're not. They're not. You know, if you were defending and projecting, protecting yourself, you might think you're not going to get hurt because you didn't invest yourself in. You'll get just as hurt. You'll actually even get more hurt because you'll be carrying the guilt of, I should have done this or I should have done that. It's like that inner knowing, I didn't do it right. I didn't do it from a true, pure space. And that's going to come back and bite you on the bum. But if you're in integrity and somebody isn't in integrity in your space, don't take on their stuff. Don't make excuses for them. And don't be accountable for it. And don't participate. And sooner or later, if they've got the resources, they're going to actually take responsibility for it. And when they take responsibility for it, you can be safe in it. You can heal together. Nobody's perfect. We've all got stuff. But that is one of the most destructive things that can go on is that not being real, that not being true. And for people listening, you know, this really may be stuff that helps you personally to really think about it. But Google it. Google remorse. Google being responsible, emotionally responsible. Google humility. You know, if you know you're struggling with those things, check it out. Read about it. Read about the benefits. Read about how it can help set you free. And, you know, the problem, the difficulty is if it's somebody else in your life that you know really needs this information or is is doing a lot of defend and project, you really can't shove information under their nose and make them read it and do it. All you can really do is stop accepting the responsibility for it, stop trying to fix it, stop trying to change it and work through your own insecurities and fears that are hooking you into it. Pull back keep to your truth and your integrity. That's all you can do, you know, and then they're either going to get it or they're not. So anyway, I hope that really, really helps today. That's it for the show. If you've got any questions about any of those questions and answers, please email me. And next month I'll be doing this show again. So, And please also, too, if you've got a specific question that you want answered, email it to me so I can do it in the next show. Hope that's helped. Lots of love. And have a great Valentine's Day, Australia. And it's Valentine's Day tomorrow for America. So, bye-bye, everybody. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.